0: Good to see you all here tonight. Amen. I asked uh, Brother Hart to be ready to take some time. I just, uh, I'm going to turn it over to him in a moment, but I got a couple of scriptures I just felt the Lord direct me to that I'd like to show you. And and, uh, let the Lord talk to us. 1 John chapter 4. Verse one. First John, Chapter Four, Verse One. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit but try the spirits whether they are of god because many false prophets are gone out into the world the fact that it says because is enough of a reason for us to see what is this scripture really talking about because there are so many false prophets in the world that's why you can't believe every spirit Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. This is how you're going to know whether you can believe it or not. Every spirit... Somebody say every spirit. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is not of God. That's the, uh, the first one. You know it by what it says. Every spirit that confesseth. So to confess means to be in agreement with, to speak in agreement with. But... The second one, you really don't get to know it by what it's saying, you have to know what it's not saying, which is a little, I know it's a little conundrum, kind of confusing to think, because when it said, believe not every spirit, that's, that makes it sound like, well, you're going to come across these, you're going to hear these things, read these things, see these things, and based on what it says that's how i would initially think i judge it but no i'm not i'm not judging it based on what it says it says every spirit that confesseth not so if it is not willing to say that's another way you can phrase that if if the spirit is not willing to say that jesus christ is come in the flesh it's not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already it is it in the world. I want to read you those verses in the Amplified Version. Beloved, back at verse 1. Do not put faith in every spirit, but prove or test the spirits to discover whether they proceed from God, for many false prophets have gone forth into the world. Verse 2, By this you may know or perceive or recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit which acknowledges and confesses the fact that Jesus Christ the Messiah actually has become man and has come in the flesh is of God. That spirit has God for its source. Oh, Somebody say Jesus. I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, I and some others were praying with a young woman. And she clearly had some spiritual influence that was not of God. And uh, multiple times in the praying... We it it became obvious, and then we would address a spirit and and deal with it, and then. Uh, but I just wasn't getting a sense of okay, now all that is evil is gone, and so I just I felt like, mm, I don't know what to do because I don't I, I'm not sitting here trying to play Ghostbusters, you understand, and, and just doing this for fun. And, and obviously, we want to help a person that's bound as much as they want to be helped, but i it became evident to me that we weren't going to make any more progress with in that moment with praying for her um, and I said something to the effect, no, I wasn't necessarily talking to the to the girl but just to the situation, and I said, I know it, and you know it, who God is, who Jesus is. And as the scripture says, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That's just me quoting a verse. But when I got to that last part of the verse, there was attitude that showed up, <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't a pure attitude, but I, no, no sooner did I introduce the verse and just the thought that that attitude said that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. I mean, it finished it for me, basically. In that moment, just through exercising simple spiritual authority, uh, the Spirit of God is making itself known as the authority. The rebellious spirit was making itself known as the rebellious spirit. That's really what I took away from that uh, encounter, that part of that encounter. But as we talk right here, and what John is saying to the church here is a spirit that's not of God will not want to confess who Jesus is when, when you know the story of the man uh, in the, among the tombs he saw Jesus and he ran right to him and those spirits were crying out and saying have you come here to torment us before our time Well, that's that same rebellious spirit saying, leave me alone so I can do my thing. I can't do my thing if you're here and you're in charge. Every spirit which does not acknowledge and confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, but would annul, destroy, Sever and disunite him is not of God. That does not proceed from him. This non-confession is the spirit of the Antichrist. It doesn't mean that it doesn't know who God is or or who its true Lord is that that spirit knows but it's a non confession it's a not wanting to confess I, I i feel like as we grow and mature in the lord we will be put in situations maybe it's a maybe it's a talk with a, a friend or a coworker maybe it's uh A link somebody sends you. Watch this and tell me what you think of this. I mean, we live in the digital age and that's very common. Maybe it's your neighbor who uh, strongly believes one way that's not the way you believe. I I believe that as you grow and mature in the Lord, you'll be put into situations where you will be expected to try a spirit and know, is this of God or is this not of God? Anybody ever heard of the YouTube algorithm? You know what I mean when I say that? YouTube suggests videos to you based on what it knows about you. You think, well, YouTube doesn't know anything about me. Well... It does. And the the more you give it, the more it knows about you. And it's got these algorithms working in the background, and it's going to try to suggest things to you to watch. Now, I'm not really talking just about preaching videos, okay? Or any kind of church video or Christian, under the umbrella term of Christian video. I mean, the more preaching videos you watch, the more algorithm is going to give you more preaching videos, okay? But if you're watching other stuff, how to braid hair, or how to trim your yard just right, get a good cut, or how, whatever we, how to fix a leaky faucet, whatever you're using YouTube for... It's still knowing you, and it's still going to suggest things to you. I'll tell you right now, I'm going to take some mystery and intrigue out of the situation. The spirit of the algorithm of YouTube is not of the spirit of God. Okay? Even if it suggests one of my videos right after the other one of my videos. Okay? We'll take that as the Lord sparing us. But, he... The Spirit of the Lord is not there at the YouTube headquarters typing and sending and overseeing and suggesting. It's not. But the spirit of Antichrist, any spirit that's not of God, would love to have you and me convinced that you're in the Jesus web and that the things that you are watching and sharing and listening to and playing in the background, it would love to have you convinced that those things are of the Spirit of God. It's not how it works. I wouldn't let just anybody give me a a track or a, a, a DVD or uh, invitation to their church and say oh you're christian too awesome that's great we're both going to heaven i'll let you speak at my church and i'll come to your church and we'll join ourselves i wouldn't do that and you wouldn't do that either but somehow we get out into the electronic world and we think well this is all fair play out here it doesn't it's no different just because it's a church that's in another state many hours away. Who am I talking to? I'm talking to all of us. Just because... Mm. Now, when I, when I said that as you grow and mature in the Lord, it's, I expect for you and I to be put into situations where we have to try these things. That includes our electronic Christianity. Somebody say non-confession. Non-confession is where the enemy lives it's where every unclean every evil spirit lives with that story that i told you about every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess that jesus christ is lord that is it is scripture it is true and it is eternally written but every spirit Every need, and, and, and just to complete that, just so you know, that verse says, of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. No exceptions for a demonic spirit. No exception for a person who says they're an atheist. So let's, let, let, me, let me stick there for a minute because that will give you the point. If a person says they're an atheist, they will tell you, I don't believe that there is a God. That's not non-confession. Okay? That okay? is uh, just flat-out error. That's misunderstanding. L- they can say that as long as they want or as long as they want. But when the verse in the Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess, it's talking about an eventuality. A a knee and a tongue is not going to get away with never confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. It's not going to happen. They can convince themselves otherwise as long as they want to, until it's time that the authority says, by the way, tell me what's true. I and you make that a part of our regular daily conversation with the Lord in prayer. You're good, you're God, you're the Savior, you're whatever. All of those things are a part of my confession to Him. That my, my knee is bowing and my tongue is confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. So I get to do that all the time. Including in eternity. But though, just because somebody or something is not doing it right now doesn't mean it won't be doing it for all of eternity. So, watch the spiritual influence. Watch this spiritual influence behind a message, a voice, a person, a ministry. Amen? Brother Hurt?
1: Amen. I had this thought and I hope it was didn't originate in my mind I probably came from somewhere else <laughs> but as elder was speaking had this thought pass through my mind and it was this it was well elder you're just being critical So you you just like to talk about, you know, preachers that don't look like or sound like us, <laughs> which obviously is not the case. And if you're listening, that wasn't even at all what he was saying. It's it's not a man. It's not what a man says, because sometimes men that are not of the right spirit will say something that's right. That doesn't mean they're of the right spirit. And so. It's not being critical. Sometimes I've heard stories though people who begin to be used in in the gift of discerning of spirits. They've they've went to their spiritual authority and elder and said, "Pastor, I I feel like I'm just being so critical lately. Like I just have having all these critical thoughts towards these situations that are coming to my mind." And the wisdom of the spiritual elder and their authority recognize no. You know, that's not just you being critical or criticism. That's the discerning of spirits working in you and you recognizing and realizing that thing that you're hearing or feeling is not right. It's not of God. And so what I think of as well is along with what what Elder was sharing is we need the discernment of spirits which is a gift of the Spirit. It's a gift of the Spirit of God, the discerning of spirits. Some people say it's the gift of discernment, which is not how the Scripture says it. It's the gift of discerning of spirits, which means it discerns what we just read there in John. It discerns this spirit. Is it of God or is it not? It's not being critical. It's just discerning. (laughs) Nope, that's not of God. So I'm not spending a second longer listening to it or hearing it because it's not of God. So it's not going to benefit me. It's not going to bring life. Amen. I think that's I think that was it. My my uh, thoughts along with that. I really appreciate those those things. It is so important in this hour and something I've even been praying for. In the recent month, Lord, work in me and use me in the gift of the spirit, of the gift of discerning of spirits. Because it's important when we're praying for people. It's important. I want to talk for a few minutes tonight about the the Holy Ghost. And maybe in a little bit of a different way. Uh, it's not going to be super... Uh, exegetical Bible study <laughs> uh, but just this is something the Lord gave me a few days ago and I want to go back to it so if you'll turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 18 and we need the more than we need the gifts of the spirit we need the spirit <laughs> can't have the gifts of the spirit without the spirit itself the spirit of jesus christ the holy spirit we must be filled with the spirit and this is this is not new to anyone here but we teach because the bible says it that when you are filled with the gift of the spirit that you will speak in other tongues as the spirit gives you utterance that's the, that's the sign. That's the evidence of the Holy Ghost. It's, it's not the Holy Ghost. It's the sign of it. It's proof. It's evidence. And there's a scripture that comes to my mind when I think about that evidence because a lot of people argue that and say, well, you know, I, I just believe I have the Holy Ghost. I came to the altar and I said, Lord, here's my life. I give it to you. And now that means I must have the Holy Ghost, but the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 3 that Christ, Jesus, after his passion, after he was crucified and resurrected, he, he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. I mean, there's many things that were infallible that proved he was alive. And so if we are going to prove, n- not just to others, but to ourselves, that we're alive, if we have the resurrection of the Spirit of God living in us, there's going to be proof. There's going to be evidence. And that initial evidence is us speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Amen? Hopefully we all believe that. If you don't, take it up with the Lord. <laughs> For real though, Honestly. Pray about it. If that's something that you feel like you struggle with, don't take my word for it. Don't take others' word for it. Take this word for it. And get in the word yourself and, and let it change your thinking. Let it fix your concepts. Amen. If all of our concepts come from men alone, then we're at risk of giving into a spirit of error, a spirit of antichrist, there's gonna be a lot of things that sound right. Even even the devil himself quoted scripture to Jesus accurately. But it wasn't the right spirit. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 18 and verse one, I'm gonna read through a couple verses here kind of quickly says the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. On the potter's wheel, he was, he was making something. Verse 4 says that, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred or it was damaged. It was, it was spoiled in the hand of the potter. But it, I'm thankful that it, it didn't stop there. It didn't end there with the vessel that he was working on being being marred. There's times when vessels are, are marred to a certain point that the, the potter has to throw it out and start with a new piece of clay but in this instance it was marred so he made it again another vessel that same vessel that was marred that same vessel that was spoiled the same vessel that was wasn't shaping into the right structure that he wanted it to as he was putting the pressure on it and maybe there was a little stone in it and so as he was spinning it and trying to get it into a certain shape it kept going a little lopsided on him and Instead of, like I said, throwing it out, he said, I'm going to put some pressure, press this thing down, take out the the shape that it's in now, and I'm going to make it again into another vessel. Not just any other vessel, but a vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Man, a vessel that seemed good to the potter that made it. I think it's Romans chapter 9. It speaks of of the potter having having power over the clay. And he, he has the power to make the clay, to make a vessel however he wants, into whatever he wants. And it says there in that passage, does the clay or does the vessel have the right to say to the potter why have you made me this way (laughs) why have you made me thus we don't have that right (laughs) amen we're the clay we're the vessel in his hands and he's the he's the master potter he's the master builder that makes us however he wants but we have to be submitted to his process we have to be submitted to some pressure sometimes some difficulties that that Sister Brandy, just because we get baptized doesn't stop, right? Just because we go in the waters of baptism and, and we wash Egypt away doesn't mean Egypt doesn't keep trying to chase us from time to time. But we don't have a thing to worry about if we remain in, under the shadow of, of the Almighty. If we remain under the, the hand of the Almighty, humbling ourselves under His hand. He'll form us into another vessel. There's many, many people, and some maybe even in this room that are that are marred. I I couldn't help myself Sunday to touching on this <laughs> a little bit already. And there's less people here tonight, but I I think it's still true. There's some that are marred here that that you just you feel like that the Lord can't use you, that he can't do anything with you. You, you just don't know what's next. You don't know what, what the future looks like. And really, it's a matter of just submitting to the process of the potter, submitting to, to the pressure, submitting to the, the hands that are they're not there to hurt you. They're not there to destroy you. But they're there to shape you, to mold you, into his image, amen, and it's, it's a process that's, again, not always going to be comfortable, it's not always going to be easy, but it's necessary, And, and oftentimes, I think a practical application of that is, is repentance, amen, if, if we are, if we're a vessel that, that's continuing to live in sin, continuing to live in in our our past life the old man It's, it's literally an, an old man It's called a, the old man for a reason because he wants us to be a new man Wants us to be a new creature a new vessel But if we keep going back to the ways of the old man Then we have a we have a repentance issue We have some some things there that That are causing us to continue to be marred That we need to bring to the lord and leave with him leave at his feet man and again remember i'm i'm talking about the holy ghost tonight because it's not enough just to be it's not enough just to be a vessel you you don't see any pots up here that are that are empty that aren't being used for something all the pots that are on the platform are filled with items, with things, because that's their purpose is to be filled, to be used, to carry something, to hold something for a purpose. And we're our purpose is much bigger than the pots on this platform or the pots up here that are holding some plants. Amen. Turn with me to let's go to Second Kings chapter four relay a a story to you that a real story that i i love that that i think really exemplifies this as well to kind of uh paraphrase summarize give you give you the background of the story this this lady her her husband died and because he died the creditors as the scripture says she was afraid they were going to come and take her sons her two sons because she owed money her husband owed money but because he was he was a man he was able to be to be working to pay pay that money back so she was afraid now these people that they owed money to were going to come take her sons as payment uh, until they could pay it off so 2nd kings chapter 4 and verse 2 the prophet comes onto the scene, Elisha, and he said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Because she came to him in this place of desperation, of, of not wanting her debt to cause her sons to be taken. He asked her, What shall I do for thee? And, and then he asked, What hast thou in the house? What do you have in the house? And she said, thine handmaid has not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. She started to say, I don't have anything in the house. But she realized, well, I do have this one thing. It's a pot of oil. It's a vessel. She had a vessel with oil. Then he said, go Borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. I think that's important as well. Even empty vessels. vessels that they were made for something, but they're not being used at the moment for, for a purpose. They're just sitting on the shelf being empty, collecting dust. He said, even those ones, even empty vessels. And he said, borrow not a few. In other words, borrow a lot. Borrow as many as you can find. And when you are come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons. I love that because I talked about it a couple of weeks, entering into your prayer closet. Shut the door. You want, you want a move of the Holy Ghost and oil to flow, go into your secret place and shut the door. Amen? Go in and shut the door. God will, do, God will do things in a public way, in a public display at times. He'll reward you openly. But we're not doing this for the sake of the open reward. We're not doing it to be seen of men of, look at all my oil. <laughs> look at what I've got. But we go in, we shut the door. And you shall pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Pour out, pour out from what? She only had one vessel that had a little bit of oil. But she began to pour out, and a miracle took place, and all were filled. So she, went, she did that. She shut the door upon her, upon her sons who brought the vessels unto her. She poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet another vessel. He said unto her, There's not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. As the story goes on, she was able to sell all of those vessels now that were full of oil to pay her debt. But what I what I want to point out from this story is, is as I mentioned, the empty the empty vessels. Not a few, as many as is could find. And there's there's a few in this room tonight, but there's there's many out there. There's a lot of empty vessels out there that the Bible says, I think it's John chapter seven, says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And this spake he of the Holy Ghost. And that that literally, if you look at that in the Greek there. It speaks of this emptiness, this empty place within man, that the belly of man. It's not talking about out of your stomach. It's talking about the belly, the deep place of man, the cavernous places that without the Spirit, without the oil of God, are empty. We're just clay pots without his oil. We're just clay pots that are delicate, that are fragile. We have a purpose, but without the oil, our purpose is not being fulfilled on that note i want to turn to turn with me to second corinthians chapter 4 hey amen don't forget we're talking about the holy ghost in in scripture many 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 times oil represents the spirit of god second corinthians chapter four and starting with verse we'll start with verse six for god who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure. What's the treasure? The treasure is the light. The treasure is the Holy Ghost. The light of Jesus Christ that shines in our hearts when we're filled with his spirit. That's what the treasure is. We have this treasure in earthen Vessels that can translate to, I already said it, translates to clay pots. Just fragile clay pots that not only can get marred at times, but can get cracked under the pressures of life. They can get broken. They can fall apart when we're living by our own strength, by our own ability. But if we have the Holy Ghost, we have this treasure in these earthen vessels. thats I don't even know how that's possible. (laughs) Except that the Word says it's true and it's His plan. How is it possible that an eternal, the Spirit of God can dwell inside of an earthen vessel? A clay pot, a natural man that's fragile how can it how can we contain it well we're not supposed to (laughs) amen can we can we pray right here for just a moment i feel the lord is is working here jesus father we want to hear the voice of your spirit jesus god we want to be moved by you we want our faith to be stirred by you tonight god to know and to see the importance of the oil in our vessel, the importance, God, of the treasure in this earthen vessel. Father, we can't live without your Spirit. We're but clay pots, Jesus, without your Spirit. We're empty, Jesus. We're marred, we're fragile without you, without the light of God shining in us and through us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I just want to say before I move on, I know it may be a a Tuesday night, but I believe that somebody can get the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. On a Tuesday night. Amen. Amen. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency, this is is why he puts his treasure in clay pots. This is why he puts the treasure of this priceless spirit into us. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. When people look at us, especially when they know who we were before we had the treasure, they can look and say, man, you used to be a wreck. You used to be a mess. You were so broken. You were so marred. How in the world do you hold yourself together now? And not only hold yourself together, but how do you have a smile on your face? I know what you've been through. I know the I know the pressure that you've been under at times. But the excellency of the power is then made of God and not of us. And watch this because of that treasure, because of his spirit in us, we still might be troubled. Verse number eight we still might be troubled on every side. But when we have the treasure in us, we're not distressed. We still might be perplexed at times, but because we have the treasure in us, we're not in despair. We still might be persecuted, but with the treasure, we're not forsaken. We might be cast down, but we're not destroyed. Without the spirit, without the oil in our vessel, we'd be cast down and we'd be a bunch of pieces on the ground. We'd just be a broken pot that now really is useless. Verse, verse number 10, always bearing about in the body. I was thinking of this verse on Sunday as Elder was speaking. We're always bearing about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus. That the life also Of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. Death worketh in us, but life in you. And we have the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. Man, I believe that you can get the Holy Ghost tonight. Therefore, I've spoken it. And I know you believe it because your, your faith is latching on to it. I believe, therefore, I've spoken. And we also believe, therefore, we speak. We believe, and so we open our mouth. We, we confess that Jesus is Lord. We confess with our mouth that when we baptize somebody in the name of Jesus Christ, we believe that's washing away their sins in the name of Jesus. We confess it because we believe it. We know it to be true. It's not enough just to believe something and not confess it, to not speak it. If we believe, we must speak also. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Feeling that faith? Well, if, you feel, if you feel faith here tonight, I believe it's in this room. We don't have to necessarily be loud, but if you feel faith, will you just reach out and connect with it? Connect your faith with the Word of God that's been spoken tonight, just for a moment. On In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Father, we believe and therefore we speak. We speak, God, our faith, our belief in you tonight, Jesus. Though we are but mortal flesh, though we are but earthen vessels, God, we believe, Jesus, that you want to dwell in us, that you want to fill us, Father, with your Spirit. We may have once been broken. We may have once been marred, God, but you've done a work in us. You're doing a work still yet in us. And we know, Jesus, that you can fill us. We know, Father, it's your desire to fill us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So we empty ourselves, God. We empty ourselves before you, Jesus. In your name I pray, in your name I pray. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, thank you Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to share one more thing. We're going to pray again. We go ahead and stand together. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's probably more. An elder can, of course, correct me on this, but there's there's two things that I see as being two of the greatest hindrances to people receiving the Holy Ghost and I don't think that either of those are a lack of faith ninety nine percent of the time, but I believe that one of those things is a lack of, or unrepentance. People just haven't repented yet. They haven't said, God, I'm sorry. I've been living this way, and now I'm repenting. I'm, I'm turning around. I'm having a change of mind, a change of heart, and I want to go a different direction and mint it. I believe that's one of the main reasons I, I, I think... The second reason, one of the main reasons of the two that I've seen that people don't get the Holy Ghost is unforgiveness, which really goes hand in hand with unrepentance or a lack of repentance because if we haven't forgiven, then that's an area that we still need to repent of. Because if we haven't forgiven our, our brother or our sister, he can't forgive us and so they go hand in hand and so there's faith here tonight and we've spoken it we believe but i want us to to pray real quickly and pray, let's pray a prayer of repentance and a prayer of forgiveness. Because I, I, I think of the I think of the wedding that Jesus performed his first recorded miracle at, where there was also a situation of empty vessels. <laughs> they ran out of wine at this wedding. And I I find it interesting that Jesus didn't perform the miracle when they were low on wine, when they had a little bit left, but he performed it once they were out, once their vessels were empty. And I think that's a huge part of why forgiveness and repentance are so necessary because that's letting go. It's emptying ourselves of anything in us that we've held on to that's filling our vessel that takes the place of his spirit. We have a responsibility in this that we we can't make God give us the spirit. It's a free gift. He wants to give it to everyone in an instant. But we do have the responsibility of emptying ourselves. Repentance and forgiveness. So... For- before we, before we move on, can we together pray a prayer of repentance and forgiveness tonight? I'm going to pass this back to Elder here in a moment to continue to lead us to prayer, but before I do that, can we just pray this prayer together? In the name of Jesus, God, we want to be empty tonight. We want to be empty before you, Jesus, Each of us, God, whether we've received your spirit before or not, we want to be empty vessels, Father, that you can use and that you can pour into, that you can pour your spirit into and flow out of. I pray, God, every hindrance within us, within your vessels, I pray it would be cleansed tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, we cast it on you right now. Every sin, Jesus, and every weight, we cast it on you in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would cleanse our vessels, God. Cleanse our vessels by your blood in the name of Jesus wash us pure make us clean i pray jesus any areas of unforgiveness any people god that we've held on to a grudge or an area of unforgiveness i pray right now jesus a total release a total release to you god of every past hurt of every past pain I pray healing in the name of Jesus. I pray a release and an emptiness in the name of Jesus. God, we cast it on you right now. We release it to you right now, Father. It's not worth holding on to another day, taking the place of your spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, we release it to you, God. We submit it to you, Father. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Come on, just fellowship with Him for a moment. If you need to lift your hands as a sign of release, as a sign of surrender. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for your liberty, God. We thank you, Jesus, for your unction. We thank you for your flow. We thank you, Jesus, for the utterance of your spirit. For We know you give us the utterance, Father. We speak as you give the utterance. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God, we wait on you, Father. We wait on you because we know that they that wait on you shall renew their strength. Renew our strength, Jesus, by your Spirit. By your Spirit, God, strengthen us tonight. Strengthen those that need renewing. Strengthen those that need refreshing, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Ilala mahata, ya Cielo la la Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. God, we're sensitive to your spirit. We wait upon your spirit. Come on, maybe you're feeling full tonight. Maybe you have all of the oil of the anointing you need. Why don't you be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now? Find somebody to connect your faith with. Find somebody who needs a refreshing themselves. Find somebody who needs a filling. Connect with them. In the name of Jesus. 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 We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your touch. Jesus, but we're not content with just a touch. We're not satisfied, God, with the oil simply washing over the outside of our vessels. God, but we want it to flow in us. We want it to flow through us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.
0: Amen. I want to give us some instruction here. We're going to pray again before we're done tonight. I feel the Spirit of the Lord here. If you have not... Let me put it this way. If you are not fully convinced that you have ever received the gift of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in tongues... Or, if you are uncomfortable with how long it has been since you have received that spirit and that sign, I'm going to ask you if you would come and stand in the front here. As you're coming, the Lord reminded me of an instance at a youth convention a few weeks ago. There was a young man I went to pray for and... I, I, honestly, I, I know I'd seen him around at a few different functions before. And, but I thought, I don't know if he's got the Holy Ghost or not. So I just asked him. And he, he said, yeah, I have the Holy Ghost. I said, has it been a while since you've spoken in tongues? He said, yes. I said, well, that shouldn't be the case. And we prayed. The Lord refilled him with the Holy Ghost. I believe the Lord would do that again tonight. This altar is open. If this is you, if you feel like, Lord, I know you've got, uh, you've got plenty of your spirit to multiply. And I want that evidence in my life, just like it was in the story that we were reading about tonight. I'm asking you if you would come and stand here in the front. Nobody's going to make you do anything other than that, but that's just a sign of faith and expectation of waiting on the Lord. Or if you have not, if you're not fully convinced that, Lord, what I have is you, I, th- this is for all of us here tonight. Amen. Every eye closed. I'm asking you if you would just wait on the Lord for prayer wait on him and let him lead you and direct you in prayer let the Lord give you the words that he would have you pray let it be his spirit that can pray through you it says it in the scripture that he maketh intercession for the saints according to his will come on would you would you pray would you lift your voice to the Lord Would you lift your hands, close your eyes, and lift your voice to the Lord in the name of... Come on, we're waiting on the the words from the Spirit of God. It's His words inside of us that we let flow out. It's His prayer that we let Him pray through us. Come on, let the Lord give voice. Let the Lord give unction. Let Him give utterance to that. In the name of sure what you need to pray then just give praise to the Lord give praise to the Lord however you feel that in your spirit express that to the Lord God you are good God you are holy God you are righteous God you are wonderful you are excellent you are God alone and beside you there is no other hallelujah I speak against the voice of condemnation right now. I speak against the lying spirit that would would bring condemnation into the heart of a believer, into the spirit and mind of a spirit-filled saint of God. I take authority over that spirit right now. I loose the spirit of truth. I loose the spirit of God. In the name of Jesus. Appreciate the ministry that the Lord has done here tonight. He's good, Amen. If you believe he's good, would you just tell him that God, you are good? You are so good, Jesus. there is no one like you. I worship you Jesus. hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. I encourage all of us to walk in this spirit that the Lord is ministering here tonight. Understand this is not just a one-time event, but the Lord is visiting us with His Spirit so that we know His Spirit and learn how to walk in it. Amen. Before you go, we have one announcement. Uh, I'm going to actually let Brother Hart make this announcement. It's about this coming Saturday.
1: Amen. I'm glad. Mother's well, memory is better than mine. Amen. Um, yes, this Saturday. Uh, sorry, it's kind of late notice. But we're going to do a. Uh, a youth and hyphen um, fellowship ministry thingy. <laughs> um, so we're going to get together. It is going to be with uh, with Cela, the Cela congregation, their youth and their hyphen as well. Um, for those who may not know what hyphen is, some people have never heard that. Uh, it's just kind of a term we use for ages approximately eighteen to thirty-five-ish that are still single. Maybe they're ready to mingle, but they're still single, (laughs) which is all right. Um, And youth, which is 12 to 18. So if you're in that range, um, come. It'll be in Sila Saturday, this Saturday at 4.30. And 4.30, we're going to have pizza and and then ministry. So if, if you get there a little bit after, it's okay. Uh, we're going to start with pizza, but if we ask that you bring $5 uh, to cover pizza, and then also bring uh, a drink for yourself. If you want to bring some for others, that's great, but bring at least a drink for yourself, and uh, we're going to have some time in, with pizza, fellowship, going to the Word. And I'm excited. Uh, my, one of my really good friends who he was here, he ministered once here a couple months ago, uh, Andre Gomez. He'll be, he'll be with us, and he'll be ministering um, that Saturday night. And so if you're youth or hyphen or have youth or hyphen, uh, make sure that they get there. And uh, one last thing, we do ask that you, uh, if at all possible, get us uh, an RSVP, get us a head count uh, by this Friday, Friday evening at the latest, so that we can uh, know how many pizzas to order. All right? So that's this Saturday, 4.30 at the SELA building. So if you don't know where that's at, get with me. Um, we'll also try to send it out on, on WhatsApp. Uh, if you're on there, try to remember to do that as well with all the same details. So amen, this Saturday, 4.30. Love you all. Good night.